0: Welcome inside the Celtics Life Podcast. I'm Justin Quinn, here with Luis Gonzalez, and the doldrums have finally arrived in full force. There's still basketball to talk about, though, so let's get right to it and get to talking about the big news out of Cleveland. How's it going, Luis?
1: It's going just fine. Totally unrelated to what we're about to talk about. I just took a sip of this wine that's been sitting in my fridge for about three days now, and it tastes like melted-down cherry Jolly Ranchers. You, I don't know if I'm into it. Well,
0: are you into what's going on in Cleveland?
1: I might be really into that, depending on how it all plays out. But we got some. Oh man, uh, this is going to be horrible. We got some juicy in, in, you know, in reference back to the Dolly range. Whatever you, you, you all know where I'm going with this. But Kyrie Irving, Cleveland breakup coming soon.
0: I Stay think so. Tuned.
1: Stay tuned, especially if you're a Celtics fan, because I think we can all admit, and I think the general storyline in in regards to the Celtics now is that if Kyrie leaves, I mean, the Celtics are, will probably be in the finals. Probably. The writing is already on the wall for LeBron to be gone after this season.
0: Yeah, I was assuming that this was something that was going to be. I mean, I wrote a couple of articles on Celtics' life to the effect that There's no way they're going to be keeping the band together with luxury techs looking like what it is. Yeah. And they're poised to break the Brooklyn Nets record of, I think it was 197 million in 2013, I want to say. I'm not. It's crazy to
1: think that at any point they were so, so deep in the luxury. Yeah.
0: It's, it's interesting that. Cleveland is possibly the canary in the mine, if you will, of what the rest of the league may be looking like. I mean, if you guys think that this summer has been nuts, wait till roughly 35-40% of the teams in the league are going to be looking at paying the luxury tax with nowhere
1: to send their players to get off of it. I mean, look at Portland right now.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's a team that's... Yeah,
1: but that's a team that's going nowhere. and. I mean, you know, obviously this is totally unrelated, but that's the first team that I think about, a team that's super deep in the luxury or is about to be deep in the luxury. And they're not a contender by any stretch. And it's Uh,
0: weird, too, because all of this comes from the TV money cap spike and the lack of smoothing that was chosen by the players' union afterwards that now had all this money coming in that made it possible, along with the great contract that Steph Curry had because of his ankle issues, depressing his value at the time when he signed, it made it possible for Kevin Durant to jump ship. So because of that, we have this other pressure that really, I think personally is one of the driving forces with what's going on with Cleveland in that after winning one game in the finals, the 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 option of, paying the luxury tax, even when you have a team with probably still the greatest player in the game on it, it's just unpalatable to pay that kind of money with probably no chance. I mean, this is they're, they're looking to field a weaker team than they had last year, so was this inevitable?
1: I think so. I think so, definitely. Cleveland, it, it's, a, it's a tough situation because obviously they'll be deep into luxury. So can you explain just to the people that may be unaware of what the what the luxury tax is like and how it affects teams
0: for people who aren't really into cap stuff a really general way to describe what's going on is the league is set up so that way big market teams and profit making teams send money back to the small market teams to help them basically stay above water in markets where they might not be able to do very well and get good players otherwise so when things come into the league whether it is through an individual team earning, you know, playoff revenue from selling tickets or whether it's from, say, the entire league, as I mentioned just a second ago, signing a broadcast deal, that's all basketball-related income. There is a redistribution mechanism. And what ended up happening was all this money came in, gave everybody in the league a whole bunch more money to play with, And then the expected earnings of that TV deal and a number of other factors, also the number of games played in the playoffs, all these things that could have generated more money did not in a way that was not predicted. So projections based on how much money each team is going to have to spend are now much lower. Yet there is another mechanism in the league that is designed to keep teams from being too good for too long And that mechanism is the tax. So a lot of professional sports have an amount, like a a wall that you can spend up to. And a lot of them don't necessarily have a cap that is, which is what it's called, that you can spend beyond. And in the NBA, you can, but any money that you spend beyond that gets taxed. So what that means is when you spend a dollar, it charges you another dollar. If you spend above a certain more amount, I think it's like say $5 million above the cap, then you could pay another dollar. And if you spend another, I'm, I'm not entirely sure what the exact number is, but we'll just say about $5 million. I think that might be right. Every, every so many millions of dollars you spend above the cap, whatever it's set that year, then you end up paying another dollar. So championship teams often go several tiers of dollars per dollar spent into the tax just to be able to feel a team that is capable of holding its own against another team. It's probably doing the same thing. That's what normally happens. What's happening now is certain teams in the league went crazy, probably really close to half of them. When yeah. That TV money came in thinking that it was going to be solid days forever. And then when the projections turned out to be wrong, well, now there's a bunch of teams in the league that have to worry about their finances because they're going to be tax paying teams and they're not even going to be contending teams. Never mean like likely contenders so that's kind of what, what got us to where we're at now in terms of how that affects the Cavs, well the Cavs have been doing this for several years now and they're getting hit with what's called a repeater tax which is another level on top of spending lots of money which is basically if you spend this kind of money three seasons out of the last four i believe it is it might be five but i'm pretty sure it's three out of four of the last seasons, you have to pay an additional dollar on top of all those other dollars, which is what Cleveland's going to be looking at at the end of this season. Now, what that means really is that even a minimum contract guy is going to be making well, let's just say I think the minimum right now, the very, very cheapest you can pay someone is eight hundred and fifty thousand dollars for anyone with any kind of non-two-way. Rookie contract, those those two-way rookie contracts. We'll be talking about a little bit more later, but those are basically yeah. just D-league contracts that let you play in the NBA a bit more than you would otherwise. Like,
1: and that's a that's a new contract uh setup, yeah.
0: Absolutely, it's a brand new addition to this new CBA. The Cavs has been spending a lot for the last several seasons because of having LeBron James and surrounding him with a kind of talent. At the same time that league finances have made the tax bill if you will, come at a lot lower of a spending level than has been spent. Like many teams coming at the end of this season and in the foreseeable future, cap space is very, very, very valuable. And just blowing money for no reason is likely to see a lot of teams try to move roster pieces and, you know, maybe making the claim that that particular team is trying to contend, when in reality, they may just be saying that to keep their fan base happy. This, I think, is the case with the Cleveland Cavaliers.
1: I mean, I think Cleveland is bound to lose most of its fan base once LeBron leaves. I do
0: think you're right on that, and
1: and that's gonna that's gonna obviously. I mean, everybody needs to realize that what happens when a team loses its fans. It's not just that it looks really bad on the team, and it, it's not just like wow, like aesthetically, the, the arena looks. Pathetic. This has a, how do I say it? An economic impact. Yeah, it has an economic in- impact on the team, which will affect the team for every season that it's poorly constructed. So I think Cleveland, and it's, it's especially in a city like Cleveland, that, I mean, I've seen a bunch of articles that have said that ever since LeBron came back to Cleveland, the city has economically been rejuvenated. The city of Cleveland itself.
0: And I don't think that that's necessarily crazy to say that he, as a single person, has had a hand in.
1: As a single person, yeah, no, absolutely. So with all this, you know, all this luxury tax stuff, you can talk championships, luxury tax, blah, 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 blah. But if we're talking about somebody like LeBron James in Cleveland, if he does end up leaving, sure, won't be any luxury tax. Oh, there might still be. There might still be. Well, maybe there might still be. Yeah fans might leave what the city might also suffer, which kind of sucks.
0: You bring up a very interesting point that I would like to talk about. Now some
1: people let's talk about it.
0: Some people raised their eyebrows when I suggested that the owner, Dan Gilbert, doing what probably most people in the league are going to be doing, and some of them are already trying to which is basically gutting their roster or at least moving some significant pieces or expensive pieces to save some money on this lower tax situation. Well, I called him cheap. And when you are looking at spending the biggest payroll in the entire NBA this coming season, and maybe the biggest in history, I understand why some of you thought that it might be weird for me to call this guy cheap. However, the man is cheap. And the reason why I call him cheap has nothing to do with that, but everything to do with what you were just talking about. You see. Dan Gilbert's arena, where the Cavs play, is being renovated on the dime of the people of Cleveland.
1: Oh, haven't we heard that before? I
0: mean, it's just a new thing that happens. I'm not singling Gilbert out for getting that particularly, because even though I think that that's wrong as a whole, I think that it is un-American and unethical to take money from the public coffers to finance private business. And you can make the job creator's argument and whatever. I'm not going to dive into that right now. You don't have to agree with me on that, but I find it very unlikely that most people will disagree with the fact that Dan Gilbert promised he would pay back the people of Cleveland who need that money for other services. I don't know if you've seen Cleveland, but even, even in its current state, it's not exactly the most cosmopolitan and well put together city on the planet. No offense to the people of Cleveland. I want you to be as well funded of a city as possible. Yeah, absolutely. The Cavs, I have different feelings about it as a Celtics fan, but that's a whole other story. (laughs) Now, Gilbert said that he was going to pay them back with playoff revenue. It seems to me, given that he fired his general manager just before he would have brought somebody on to really be some of the better help that could have been gotten in the form of Jimmy Butler to compete for a title and, you know, generate playoff revenue. Well, he fired him just before it happened, as if he didn't want it to happen, as if he did not want to pay an even larger... Tax bill for the foreseeable future, which is what would have happened with him under contract for several more years, regardless of what happened with LeBron James leaving or staying. He's replaced the outgoing talent like Duran Williams with Jose Calderon and Jeff Green, which to me signals, LeBron, please leave. We want you to leave. Do not stay. Preferably.
1: Yeah. Any, anytime Jeff Green comes to town. Not a good uh, time.
0: <laughs> no. oh, I love, I love the, the basket he 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 hit at the last second to beat LeBron. You know, that was that was a defining moment. But let's be honest, he's the kiss of death to some teams. I mean he has been at least recently anyway. Absolutely. So to me, everything that I've seen out of Gilbert between his GM, between the people he's brought on. You know, Paul Pierce was recently on on ESPN. I think it was a jump, I'm not entirely sure what show it was, but he gave them an F for their off season and I personally don't think it was an accident. I really do think that Gilbert is trying to play both sides. I think he's trying to get money from the people of Cleveland with the idea that he'll spend it on a roster so they make the money back. Yet it looks like he's gonna pocket it and try to blame LeBron James and Kyrie Irving, which kinda you know, I'm not I'm not here to stand for either of those guys, but for for basketball players in general and for, you know, the citizens of a city with a basketball team. Everybody deserves better than that.
1: This is the perfect storm for him to deflect blame, like you sort of just hinted at.
0: It's already happening.
1: It's, yeah, it's Kyrie Irving. He wanted to leave. So LeBron, we knew that he was gone after this season anyway. So it's LeBron's fault. Uh, it fault? Yeah. Uh, so I think it's very, very fair to, to give them enough this offseason. They were rumored in so many deals, from the Jimmy Butler deal to Paul George. What, Paul George, so on and so forth, and after all of this, they come away with Jose Calderon, who is you know, a decent player. Decent player. Not last year. Uh, uh, yeah, not last year, maybe a few years ago, but you know, he's not like a total scrub. Well, that's the best guy, industry I mean, in Just you Reed. count re-signing Kyle Horvath. Yeah, but that doesn't count. I mean, look at what they signed him for, three years, 21 for Kyle Corver? I mean, he's only going to get worse. Yes. But, yeah, the writing is on the wall. This is the, like I said earlier, this is perfect storm for him to deflect blame to everybody but himself. I think he's totally ready to just go into full tank mode after next season. You know,
0: I think you're right... And- At least from a logical perspective, but at this point... um, It only makes sense. Do you you think that's what his plan is? Do you think he's really trying to just hope that he keeps getting handed top picks?
1: I think what's going to happen, and my best guess is, I'm pretty sure nothing will happen with Kyrie Irving. This But he has
0: no leverage. What
1: is he going to do? He has no leverage. I think maybe we'll hear some more rumblings about it come the trade deadline. Maybe something gets done. Then if he if it if he gets if he gets dealt out, LeBron is one hundred percent. People are already saying that he's one hundred percent gone.
0: There, there but, was no debate there. I mean, why would he stay? What could they do? They don't. Want, I mean, to be fair to Gilbert, I, there was no way he was going to be able to afford, even with the kind of money he has, with a six billion dollar net worth, to logically throw money. I will give the man credit. It was a stupid move to throw more more good money after bad money. It's just the way that he did it that rubs me the wrong way. That said, I'm very yeah. excited that there's a very great chance that, at the most, next season's probably the last season, we'll be looking at LeBron James in the East, presumptively.
1: There's, there's a very strong possibility that that happens. You know, no, I'm sure everybody that's listening has heard rumblings about him going to L.A. Some people are even saying that he might go back to Miami because he posted that picture on Instagram. Very unlikely, yeah. I, I wonder what would happen. It's funny that the conclusion that people jump to whenever LeBron James posts, or whenever any Yeah, yeah, that's true. But I, I wonder what would happen if, like LeBron well, no, went to Martin South Howard's Dakota. Trainers
0: following so and so. Yeah,
1: but yeah, I wonder what would happen if LeBron posted a photo in South Dakota. Everybody would be like, I guess the NBA is is uh, expanding to South Dakota and LeBron James will be the first piece to go. Uh, but yeah, I, I think there's a very strong possibility that he leaves Cleveland for sure. Maybe he goes to LA, maybe he goes, I don't know, but we'll, we'll see. But yeah, like you said, I think there's a very strong possibility that this, this will be the last season that LeBron is in the East. And after that, Boston is pretty clearly the leader in the East. So... Very clearly, actually, besides Washington.
0: Washington is interesting. They really, you know, with, with John Wall getting the designated veteran player exception, which we can talk about in a second. It seems to me that they are really, they're going all in because they're also perceiving a potential weakness at the top, at least with, with the Cavs. Now, Kyrie says that if he does want to leave, he would prefer to go to the Spurs. But he would also be interested in the Knicks, Miami, or Minnesota. Do you think that any of those possibility, uh, any of those are a possibility for Kyrie to actually, I know you said you don't think he's going to, but let's assume that there is a chance. And I do think there is a chance if somebody can field an offer that looks attractive enough. Do you think that any of those would be a realistic possibility?
1: So I think it could work out. I think Kyrie to the Knicks works out, but then Derrick Rose has to sign with Cleveland because then they would have no point guard or starting caliber point guard. You so you give Kyrie, as, Kyrie a,
0: as a ball handler slash distributor, which I can see working. He's done it before. No,
1: well, that, that is that is a good point. Yeah, but you give up Kyrie for. Carmelo, but Carmelo has said that he wants to go to Houston, but let's just say they want to trade. There's all these like,
0: you know, non-trade clauses that Carmelo has and that LeBron has, you know, like all these people making all kinds of noise about where they want to go and none of them have any leverage.
1: Yeah. And don't forget that Carmelo does have a, what is it, a 15% That's trade right. kicker, So his salary jumps up quite a bit. Uh, and I think the difference between Kyrie's salary and Carmelo's salary is probably after that 15% trade picker would probably be upwards of $10 million. At least, I
0: think it's more than that.
1: Yeah, at, at the very least, it's $10 million. So that's the only scenario I can, I can see happening. So Kyrie for Carmelo plus another piece from the Knicks, maybe a first-round pick or something. I don't think the Knicks will be willing to throw in a first-round pick in addition to Carmelo, but Carmelo needs to go. He it, This needs to get done this off season. The Knicks have been adamant about wanting to continue this Carmelo experience. I don't know why. They're not going to be in the playoffs, at least I don't think. It's very clear that this Carmelo thing isn't working out, and this has gone on for too long. I'm sorry for bringing okay. that up. But, you know, we're talking so
0: about
1: but, Yeah, we're talking about potential landing spots for Kyrie. But New York makes the most sense because, again, Carmelo's been linked to Cleveland for so long. Uh, Miami, I guess people are saying that Miami's, like, halfway to a super team. I don't know when that happened, but whatever. I can see him there. I can see it working out. Minnesota has a little too much going on. I think they're going to struggle with the identity of their team for the first half of the season. At least that's what I first I see think happening. so, too.
0: And they also just signed Teague. So the idea of signing somebody who is, I mean, better, but really is he that much better, you know, enough to – Potentially shake up the plans you already have in place. I'm not really sure that makes sense.
1: Yeah, and San Antonio, I just don't see how they would pull the trade off oh, because and nobody good. wants to touch the. Lamar- no, what, what, Lamar- why? Mar- why Mar- hell, why Mar- would, they would they do there? that?
0: Or so I hear. I'm not really happy with I, his I, role I just, on
1: the team. I mean, we saw how Lamarcus performed in the playoffs in that series against Golden State. Wasn't very pretty. And I think he, I think he, what is it, thirty-two? Years old. He also has a year less on
0: his contract that they're on the same level as Kyrie's. So I could see that being attractive if money was the only thing going on. But
1: presumably. I do want to throw in one name that Kyrie. uh, This is not Kyrie mentioning, but people, you know, Boston fans want to trade for everybody. I was listening to the radio today. This was a New York based radio station. It was ESPN radio in New York. And this guy. Well, the the radio hosts asked this guy calling in because he said that he would trade Isaiah Thomas for Kyrie Irving. And the radio hosts asked this guy, "Would you be willing to trade for Kyrie Irving and give up Isaiah Thomas and give up some other piece of your core, so like a Jalen Brown and a Marcus Smart, or would you rather, or would you rather stick with Isaiah but keep your core?" And the guy said, "I'd rather, I'd rather have Kyrie Irving." And I was like, that's the craziest thing I've ever
0: heard. Yeah, well, I hope Isaiah Thomas was listening, and I hope that his hip heals nice and thoroughly so he can take that, put it as a chip on his shoulder, and burn it to the ground.
1: Everybody needs to realize, everyone, every single person listening, any fan of the NBA needs to realize that Kyrie Irving is a pure scorer, and that is about it. That's it. He plays no defense.
0: I mean,
1: he can when he wants all. to, he just never seems to want to. Yeah, exactly. So, so we'll say he plays no defense. He scores a lot. And I just have this feeling that he he wants to be the main guy on a team or, or nothing else. It's either I'm going to be option A and B, or I don't want to be I'm on I'm good. Team. Exactly. So am I. I'd rather have a guy that's more willing to embrace the team mentality as opposed to saying, I want the spotlight on me, I want to be the leader of this franchise. I don't care if I'm not winning any championships. I mean, case in point, him saying that he wants to go to New York or potentially Or to Miami.
0: And really, let's be honest, Minnesota, or none Miami. of those teams are winning a championship for at least two or three years if we're being very generous for in the case of Minnesota.
1: Yeah. So it's a lot it's a lot of noise. I don't I just I, like I said earlier, I don't I don't think anything is gonna happen before the trade deadline, but like you said, he has no leverage, so we'll see what happens. LeBron does,
0: because he's leaving, and you know he's leaving, so you can kind of try to get something for a guy you know is leaving, but...
1: I do wonder, and let's just like touch on... I'm just going to say this, Mm -hmm. and let's just move on, but I do wonder what would happen if Dan Gilbert decided that he wanted to potentially try to trade LeBron James.
0: I really think that the only situation where that would work out is if it's to whatever Los Angeles team he might be interested in, depending on who you ask. Frankly speaking, I don't think it's in the Lakers' best interest, not that I really care too much about that, to trade for anybody they can get in free agency. So I don't really see that being too likely. Clippers, they're kind of you know a shell of their their selves from last season. So really, Houston, maybe? Or the Spurs, maybe?
1: I am curious what they would get for him though because we know that is i mean this is his last the last year in his contract people are already assuming that he's gone so i don't know how much i think he would get two first round picks and a starter and that's maybe, about it maybe
0: that's about right i think they would have to both have at least potential to be lottery picks
1: yeah but i think it would be like a paul george ish situation what, indiana
0: should have gotten
1: yeah what they instead did instead of yeah yeah, what I don't even remember what they. Oh, tried. they got the contract <laughs> so.
0: that uh, Oklahoma City was trying to find someone to get rid of because it was bloated Victor Oladipo contract. Who was going to be a good player, but he's not going to be a twenty-one million or whatever he's making now dollar player. Not even when you take into account the you know TV money surge. Yeah, and Sabonis. They oh, got the younger Sabonis yeah. also. Let's not forget about that. That's a great haul. Anyway.
1: Anyway, uh, there were some free agent roundups. So you want to run those off real well, quick? Well, let's
0: not let's not skip over the biggest signing that's happened in the last week or so, which is John Wall's DVPE oh, sorry, sorry. designated veteran player exception. Like like you hinted at before, I don't really count people returning to their same team as a free agency you know signing necessarily because they're really just bringing back the same guy. But in all those cases, we've got some other like power back to the Spurs. It's going to have an impact. So it's worth talking about. I do think that with Beal starting to look like the player that a lot of people thought he could be in the series against us last, last, uh, was March? I want to say late March, early April.
1: Yeah. Sounds about right. The,
0: the Wizards look like a team that in most years would be able to contend. I don't really think they can beat the Celtics as currently constructed because their bench, if anything, got weaker.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But
0: with all this cap craziness we've been talking about, it would not surprise me if they can find a way to finagle a deal for an impact player or two just the same.
1: You know, I think they're in an interesting situation. And let's just say they make no moves and they stay as currently constructed with a very weak bench, John Wall being their, their guy that they've committed to. I feel like the Wizards may end up being what the Clippers are now. Oh, what what, what the Clippers were before okay. this offseason. This game that was this alleged perennial contender, but could never, for whatever reason, could never seem to get over that hump and end up in the NBA Finals. That's just what I that's just the sense that I get from them. And it's and I feel weird a little weird saying that because they were one Kelly Olinic game away. From going to the conference. What I it's just something about them. It's just this feeling that I have. That they're just gonna end up in this like in in this weird limbo where they're just always they always find themselves in the same position every well, single day. I mean, that's
0: kind of the story of Washington sports overall.
1: Yeah, look at the Capitals. This was supposed to be their year. And just in case if, if some of our listeners aren't aware, the Washington Capitals are this team. Alexander Ovechkin plays for them. And because of that. It's like the the Capitals they always usually have the most wins in the NHL or have had close to the most wins in the NHL every year for the past few years. And every year and especially this season because they picked up uh, some pretty premier free agents, this was supposed to be the year that they got to the Stanley Cup finals and it didn't happen. Last year they were supposed to get to the Stanley Cup finals, didn't happen. I think the year before they were supposed to get to the Stanley Cup finals, didn't happen. Well, I think go ahead. And, and it's the same thing with uh, the Nationals. Yeah, Bryce Harper should have gone to the World Series a few years already. Hasn't happened.
0: Well, I do think that they're in a good position if someone does leave Cleveland, which is not that unlikely. I think that I have about 50-50 odds on something like that happening with Cleveland so far before the season starts. Then they will be positioned to take advantage of Boston should – isaiah thomas not be able to come back at full strength Should we have a ill-time injury no they are poised to compete so i understand why they gave john wall that massive massive extension from from what i understand it's four years i think 170 million is that right i mean you
1: gotta you, you gotta sounds about right you gotta commit to somebody and john wall i mean i respect the hell out of that guy he i, I like him as a player i like him as a person he gets it done. So if there's anybody that's deserving, it's definitely him. So...
0: Yeah, no complaints in terms of how much money he's making for them, or even with their cat situation being what it was. They kind of had no choice but to give Otto Porter the max. He would have gotten poached by Brooklyn or another team. Had he not?
1: Yeah. It almost happened. Brooklyn almost got better. I almost feel bad for them. They did. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, almost. (laughs) But it didn't happen. So... Although, uh, again, quick, quick, quick snippet. I don't, I don't know if, I'm curious to see, but I think Brooklyn might pull off 35 wins next season. I don't think you're crazy. crazy. I really think that as currently constructed, that's, it's about where their ceiling is. Yeah, it's, it it sounds about right. Jeremy Lin needs to get off of his fan. Yeah, he's just trying to get the fans a little amped up to fill up Barclays center, but
0: you know, hey, well, you're talking about They're them not making, the playoffs. making uh the plans in his declaration to that effect. Yeah. I don't think it's impossible, yeah. but not with a the team they have, they need more shooting and they, they need somebody on the interior to replace uh Brooke Lopez to have any chance. Yeah. And even then they would have to have everything else go right for them in terms of other teams actually tanking when they should like Atlanta and Indiana. Which there's no guarantee. I mean, I think Atlanta's trying to tank, but I am, I am not convinced Indiana oh, yeah, is trying absolutely. to tank.
1: No, I think they believe that they can still do something when they can't. But I, I, I applaud the marketing. <laughs> I don't know what to. Yeah, yeah, I, I applaud the marketing. But Atlanta is, or is, or is planning on upgrading their arena with some like we. They're putting a barber shop in there, some, some weird stuff. So I think they're definitely getting ready to tank. Once you have a barbershop in your arena, you know your team is probably That's the not sign. all that great. That's the sign right there. Because it's like, what, why would I go to my the, the closest arena to get a
0: hair? Yeah, that does seem a little weird.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it must be because the basketball product is not very good. Totally off topic. I mean, it's, but, but, yeah, it's kind like, of relevant. Like, I wouldn't go to Madison Square Garden to get a hit. I wouldn't go to Barclays Center to get a haircut. I wouldn't go to Yankee Stadium or City Field to get a haircut. Go to a standalone barber to get a haircut. Exactly. My point exactly. So
0: (laughs) some of the signings from this week really bear the imprint of a person we've been spending a lot of time talking about. That being LeBron James. We've got, um, Udonis Haslam
1: returning.
0: Ooh, Dennis Haslam! You've got to know who that is from the mind. I, can't,
1: I honestly feel like he's been playing since like nineteen. I mean, not that far
0: away, really. I hope so. I think so. This is really <laughs> just kind of like we know you probably aren't useful for more than a couple of hard fouls a game anymore, but we value your contribution to the team. So here's two point three million bucks to go away.
1: You got to respect him. He, like all jokes aside, he's been my soul more than anybody. Yeah he really has so it's well deserved even if he's de- i think this is just a oh, locker sure. room signing for maybe maybe for Dion Waiters to have like a you know a veteran to Somebody sort of, of latch onto from the sideline Kelly Olinick let's not forget the Kelly Olinick That's oh, so weird yeah it's so weird it's going to be so weird seeing him in that jersey but I-, I think it's it's a locker room signing for sure well so kudos to him speaking
0: of indiana they have signed damian wilkins to a one-year deal of undisclosed amount. And if you're wondering who Damian Wilkins is, it's okay. I had to look it up myself I when know. I saw the signing. He it. is basically a journeyman who started out with the Supersonics back when they were in Seattle and not called the Oklahoma City Thunder. And he ended up going overseas after several years with that team and a bunch of quick succession contracts around the league. He's come back. He's 37 years old and probably making, I'm assuming, the veteran minimum. So that should show you where Indiana is acting as opposed to talking. Uh, Mario Chalmers is returning to the league with Memphis on a one-year deal. I'm also assuming for the vet men, which uh, is $1.5 million now, Tariq Black is signing with Houston, bolstering their front court significantly. He was formerly with the Lakers. He's going to be earning three point three million. He's a good player. player. I thought he was someone I was looking at for Boston before we we signed Aaron Baines. I kind of I, I feel like he might have been a better fit for what Boston tries to do. He's a little bit more mobile. But then again we also wouldn't have that, you know, interior rock, you know, monster of a big man protecting the paint kind of thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that was a mouthful.
0: <laughs> like literally, the first thing the guy was talking about I, in his presser, which also happened this week, is an interesting aside. Was you know, lobster rolls and barbecue. God bless the man.
1: I think I was actually talking to you guys. You guys being South everybody food. in the hangout chat that we uh about lobster rolls because I full disclosure and totally unrelated. Well, uh, I've never sure. had a lobster. Yeah, I guess it is. I've never had ever? a lobster roll in my life.
0: Wow! Ever. Have you ever had fake crab? So
1: yeah, like a California. Yeah, I mean, roll. picture
0: a California roll with way too much mayonnaise on a shitty bun, and you basically got a lobster roll. I don't. want I it. like them, but you know, like one every three years,
1: just to remind me where I grew up. You totally didn't sell me all I mean, lobster rolls. It's then.
0: like a tuna fish sandwich that's really expensive, made out of sea bugs.
1: All right, Not that
0: let's. <laughs> Houston yeah, also okay. signed Luke Mbamute. I should really be able to say this guy's name, considering how long he's been in the league, but I just never talk about him really because he was with the Clippers before, and now he's he's going to be with Houston for also the vet men one year, one point five. That was a really good signing for them.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm surprised he's only signing for one point five for a year. I think a lot of a lot of players might. I mean, these are older guys. Most of the people that you just named, but I think the the league might sort of switch over to this one-year deal. It would be thing. very popular uh, in la. signing
0: trades also, because nobody has space to sign free agents.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But yeah, this sort of like Kevin Durant-type deal, where it's just like a one-and-one one or like a LeBron deal, where it's like a one-and-one. Yeah, one. Willie Reed. It's, it's like, like a Clippers,
0: same deal, 1.5. 1. 1.5 5. 1. 5 is going to be the deal for a while, guys, yeah. so get used to it.
1: Yep. No more Timothy Mossgott money. 10 times
0: as much for probably one-tenth of production. No yeah. offense, Mozgov, you're still good. 15 minutes a game, good. With a uh, ten million dollar a year per minute.
1: Yeah. Oh my god, I w- I wish I was making money like that. I think that. we
0: all do. <laughs> Pal Gasol, which we touched on briefly, is going back to the Spurs. That was another guy I was looking at as maybe we could have stolen him away. The terms aren't disclosed, but I'm guessing it's going to be somewhere in the like six or seven, eight or nine million dollar. Amount
1: sounds about right. I think that's that's the kind of money he's probably still commanding at this point. He's still good a good player, and he played well for yeah, the. Yeah, I think
0: so. I think the Spurs are probably really the only team out west that has any possible chance whatsoever of keeping up with the Warriors. And even then, it's going to take some big leaps forward from some of their younger guys. Yeah,
1: but I think I think it's going to happen. I think the Spurs are a team that no matter what, they'll that's always right. be. Right in the, Yeah, always be a threat.
0: So we also have a free agent signing for the Celtics. Dun, dun, dun. And it really came out of left field for just about everybody, except for people who are really plugged into the European League, like David Pick, who announced it. He's basically the woge of EuroLeague. And he called it earlier this week, Shane Larkin formerly of the Brooklyn Nets before he went over to Europe when he gambled on himself and lost. He has been one of the better guards, better point guards over in the EuroLeague. That isn't necessarily saying too much. My my impression is that he has definitely grown as a player over there. He's scoring a bit more. His assist rate has gone up significantly. But... I do think that at least some of that has to do with the differences between the European game and the NBA. But the bigger question really is that he turned down over $6 million in money to stay in Europe to get back into the NBA.
1: Yeah, he did. I saw that. For
0: $1.5 million, a familiar fee already in this podcast.
1: I I don't know if this is something that – Celtics fans should get excited about because we may not even see him on the roster. I think that's a strong possibility. Or am I I totally off I do think you're
0: right. Okay, Um, so here's the thing. The situation with the Celtics roster, the new collective bargaining agreement... Now, I I mentioned this at the beginning of the show very briefly. There's these new two-way contracts, so... The previous number of 15 maximum players on a roster is now 17 with these two-way guys spending almost the entire, all but 45 days at absolute maximum in the, 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 G league. This is so complicated because now we have to call it the G league. It used to be the development league or D league. Now it's the G league because Gatorade is sponsoring it and everyone's confused or irritated like this cranky old guy. <laughs> but so there's 15 roster spots for any given team plus two. That are not, you can't become a regular roster player once you are a NBA G League two-way player. We've got one of those two new slots, the G League filled with Kadeem Allen, who also signed this week. But besides him, we also have 15? No. 16 guys signed now that we have this guy under contract. All of them to guaranteed money. Now, this is what really confused people because where is this guy going? We're going to just give him a million and a half dollars. That sounds kind of crazy, right? Particularly if
1: It does. Sound- turning down does. six and a half,
0: almost six and a half million dollars.
1: He has to have the, the most self confidence of anybody I mean, that like I know. So, like I mean, you he said, he
0: was playing like he was Kyrie on, on the Nets last, last season. He was with them. I mean, not in terms of. Production just in terms of his attitude, the guy definitely oozes it.
1: I mean, me, uh, yeah. But to give up six, like guaranteed six million dollars for like the minimum of minimum contracts in the he NBA, I don't know. Man. It, it's 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 quite a it's quite a risk to say the least for him Now to, to, to flip it away
0: from Mr. Larkin, the Celtics are going to be on the hook for a million and a half dollars if they decide to cut him because he's not good enough at training camp. Unless they cut somebody else. So for those of you who aren't aware, everyone who is currently on the Celtics is guaranteed to be paid their contracts. Meaning if they get cut, unlike some people like Demetrius Jackson, for example, some of his money was not guaranteed. So he walked away with I think it was what, like $1.5 million contract given to him last season for this season. And he got cut, but only 650000 of it was guaranteed. So he got to keep that part of it. And some other guys got cut who were on, they weren't on any kind of guaranteed money like Tyler Zeller. He had an $8 million contract this season, but he didn't have any guaranteed money. So he just went away. Now the Celtics, because they've guaranteed all of their roster slots, with guaranteed deals, will have to pay that money even if they can't keep the player because of the roster size limit of 15 players. So, does anyone stick out to you as a likely alternative candidate to be cut?
1: Probably Daniel Fias. That's my best assumption. It's weird because it's like you, you don't know why they're just throwing these guaranteed contracts at so many players that just seem like, like fringe players. That's the best way to describe him, like a Daniel Theus, who, no, really, unless, again, you're tapped into the European, or into European leagues, nobody really knew. He's a good the, player, Fias don't get was. me wrong, but
0: over here he he's just be. a rotation player and possibly a deep rotation player.
1: Exactly. So, yeah, tying up all this guaranteed money. It's very scary. For lack of a better word, random players. But, but, like, yeah, just to answer your question, Daniel Theas seems like the guy to me that probably... I agree. For
0: those top. of you who are not aware, he is the lowest guaranteed contract. I believe he's only owed 850000 which is the non-veteran minimum contract, which is the mo- the absolute rock-bottom deal you can sign in the NBA to play, whereas you are... Not a rookie because he did actually go undrafted in, I think, the 2014 NBA draft and then went back to Europe. So he was not eligible for the same kind of a deal that Shane Larkin is getting, which, you know, for the Celtics is, is great because that basically enables them to cut their potential loss if they do have to cut him in half of what they would have otherwise had to. And this guy clearly wants to play in the NBA because, I mean, after he went undrafted, he went into Summer League, he played for the Washington Wizards. This is Dan- Daniel Face. I think that's how you say his name? I actually haven't heard his name said out loud by too many people, so I'm still kind of unclear on it. I Beas? think Beas? Okay, Beas. Was Yeah, I man. think so. Uh, if anyone hears otherwise, please let us know, and we will say his name correctly. Now, there's another possibility going on here, and I wrote a little bit about it earlier this week. And I just wanted to see if you thought this was a logical reason for doing all this. A trade. Okay.
1: Okay. With all of these guaranteed contracts? I wouldn't say
0: all of them, but a mixture of them. So, in other words, taking two guys and turning it into one that will get you to the appropriate roster size, as well as, hopefully, conceivably, either getting an asset back for it, or, if not that, a better player. The usual reasons people make trades. You know, nothing. Nothing, that nothing too that crazy. Happening. I don't I don't say I'm not saying this is a prelude to a blockbuster. This is not, you know, the warning sign of Anthony Davis trade happening suddenly. I think it'd be more likely combining, you know, a guy on an eight hundred and fifty thousand dollar deal with a guy on a one point five million dollar deal for a guy who falls within the hundred and twenty percent trade
1: rule. I mean, I- I mean, I can see it happening. At the end of the day, having a serviceable body with such a small contract is still valuable in the NBA. So let's say, I don't know, let's say Shane Larkin becomes a, what's, what's a decent number that'll get you something in the NBA? Let's say he's like a 10 and 5. Any sign to a million some odd dollar contract. That's a, that's a, that's, that's a nice respectable player that you can throw in in a trade.
0: Well, I'm thinking that there's a lot of teams out there that just need more players and they are also capped or hard capped in the case of people who use their exceptions. Yeah. They don't have as much flexibility in terms of what they can take in and let go of in salary and to me, it seems like it might be a way to hedge your bets against, you know, maybe they really wanted one of these guys. Maybe they weren't sure they were going to get Aaron Baines. I don't really know exactly why this would have happened, but it's just the best idea I could think of about why this is happening. I have no memory whatsoever of anything like this happening previously. Like, we've taken on guys before, like Oklahoma City's Perry Jones Third, was someone whose name was floating around. as a similar situation, but People forget that we were given cash. It was almost all of his salary. It was like, you know, a couple, couple thousand, tens of thousands of dollars, not hundreds of thousands of dollars left over after we cut him that we were on the hook for. And Ben Bentil is another name. He walked away with $50,000 in guaranteed money. These are these, we we're, were talking like 10 to 20 times as much more money as this that could be potentially flushed on the toilet if they can't find someone to trade these guys to. So I'm just trying to like get my head wrapped around why a front office would do something like that.
1: I don't know. It's, it's, I think every offseason, for every team, there's always that really weird, why did you guys do this type of signing? And I think the Daniel Fias and the Shane Larkin signings were just that for Boston. Well,
0: a lot of people really wanted to see... Gershon Yabusele joined the Celtics this season, and for a couple of hours people were just really upset because they thought that this was basically a sign that we were going to stash him because he was not officially signed yet. But in quick succession after the Larkin signing, we signed Yabusele, and it wasn't that long from from the Baines presser and the, the, the semi-Ojale? Is that how you say it? Ojale. Oh, Osulet. Shemi, right? It's not semi. I keep saying semi because that's how it's spelled, but it's shemi, right? I thought it was semi. I could be wrong. I've heard a couple people say shemi. We'll look into that too. We've got
1: maybe we're we got all the wrong.
0: annual the annual learning of the international player's name thing to get under under uh you, yeah.
1: under our belts.
0: So with those signings, the roster basically concretized into Somebody's got to get traded, but we didn't stop there. There was one more signing. Do you know who I'm talking about?
1: Who was that? Uh, Paul Pierce. No. That's right. That is right. I almost yeah. forgot about He's that. He's getting
0: cut. Certain, definitely waived. That sucks.
1: I thought for sure that we would be bringing him in for that straight up, straight up LeBron no, no, no. trade. LeBron for Paul. Uh, I mean, who says no? Oh right?
0: Lord, I hate that phrase so much.
1: <laughs> That's mm-hmm. why I said it. Uh, yeah, Paul Pierce. Gotta love him. Gotta love him. Gotta gotta love the retiring as a. Celtics we all knew thing. it was
0: going to happen somehow. Now that it's here, oh, of course. I find myself very underwhelmed at the moment, just because. I was sure it was going to happen. I know I'm going to be all emotional again once I see the, the, the Jersey retirement. I'm pretty sure Gordon Hayward's not going to be wearing his jersey.
1: Probably not. I think it would be very odd yep. if he was. Well, we could talk
0: a little bit more about
1: that little wrinkle in a second.
0: Okay. Okay. Let's. But uh, a couple other big things happening this week we should probably get out of the way first. Ownership saying it's cool with the luxury tax. That's what you want to hear, right?
1: I expect nothing less. They have. I mean, if they really, really wanted to contend, they have no choice. Honestly, I don't know if at this point or in this day and age in the NBA, if you can build a contender without being in the luxury tax. So,
0: Chris Mannix, a former ball boy for the Boston Celtics, if I do recall correctly, thinks Anthony Davis is a high priority target for Boston at the trade deadline. What do you think about that?
1: Who isn't Boston? targeting that's a high profile Jeff green target I hope <laughs> Jeff green <laughs> um it would be great to have Anthony Davis here but I'm not I'm not putting any anything in this until we see the Pelicans playing horribly. and they will
0: they, they will they will surprise a lot of people in being competent but they're not making the playoffs not in the West they're gonna be if the lucky a 40 win team Rajon Rondo is going to be a big help to them. But they're just in their own conference. Yeah. Uh, I don't
1: know. I, yeah, I just don't see it happening with Anthony Davis. I mean, I
0: so,
1: we'll see, that. though. Yeah, I don't think it's that happened. crazy of
0: a thing. You know, maybe he's got some inside information. He's a well-connected guy. But so far, what I've been seeing out of New Orleans and out of Anthony Davis is that he's happy there. He doesn't want to move. He's going to be patient. I haven't heard any rumblings from him whatsoever. Maybe that'll change. He's yeah. a quiet guy. DeMarcus Cousins and Rajon Rondo on your team, though, if I could find a better pair of people to put on that team to make him want to leave, no offense to Rondo fans, he's a hard guy to get along with even if he does get you lots of wins. Or did.
1: I still that love though.
0: I mean, I, I'm coming to terms with the fact that he only turns it on for the playoffs because he's getting older, and you know he's a hard guy to get along with, so there's, there's a price to pay for having him on your team also. But such is life. Now, what I was hinting at earlier was Ray Allen, on his birthday, I think it was Thursday on the 20th, whatever day that was, July, got into it with some Celtics fans on Instagram for his birthday.
1: That was funny, man. It's it's funny that... (laughs) I thought it was funny that he actually went out of his way to respond to some... Internet hackers. You gotta be
0: getting to him if that's the case, because he's also hard to get along with guys pretty quiet. Speaking of Rajan Rondo and, and prices to pay on your team. And while I think Rondo was worth it, and I think that having Ray Allen was great, you know, even as a staunch Yukon fan, I'm wearing a Yukon hoodie at this very second. I'm kind of fed up with Ray Allen and, and him not following up on, very blatant and obvious olive branches being laid for him to come back to the fold with his former teammates and just kind of blowing it off and being a jerk.
1: I think this is something that will never, ever, ever, ever finally. Right. And I think give this one more year and it's just going to, it's, it'll just, Result in an eye roll from me and probably everybody else that's a Celtics fan or a Ray Allen fan of, or man, I just I can't deal with it anymore.
0: Man. It's just too much. It's too
1: much drama. Oh, I like basketball. It's an, it's, it's annoying. Yeah, it, it's annoying. But yeah, it, it's it's weird to see him getting into it with with fans. Basically, if 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 some of the listeners don't know, basically, long story short, he told them to get over it. These fans that were. It was like a like a birthday shout-out on Instagram a lot for of Ray took, Allen. took
0: offense to that and, on the Celtics account, and I understand why, You I don't necessarily completely yeah, agree.
1: Account. Yeah. But yeah, people were like, oh, no, he's a traitor, he's a snake. He you needed know, the usual yeah. Ray Allen stuff, and then he responded, basically saying to get over it. And then he it. said,
0: but thanks to everybody who wished me a happy birthday afterwards. Immediately after.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was that <laughs> nice yeah. little sign-off right there.
0: You know who did not... Wish him a happy birthday.
1: Paul Pierce, the Celtics. Well, well, he was a Celtic, so I guess that
0: technically, yeah. But I mean, <laughs> yep. like if you watch the Celtics account, they will they will wish you know guys who played like 14 games for them in 1986. A happy birthday.
1: To <laughs> that is true. <laughs> yeah, very. It was pretty significant that they. So did.
0: something something's brewing over there, and for for some of the fan base at least. Who still have you know some kinds of fond memories of of Allen's time in Boston? It's made it pretty onerous. Is the only word I can really come up with. Let's talk about something else. Like,
1: yeah, let's move on from Ray Allen.
0: We should take his advice. Maybe not in the context he meant it, but still. Paul Pierce oh. is joining ESPN after retiring. He's already appearing on there quite a lot lately. It seems that way to me.
1: He's he's actually a really 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 good analyst and he's gotten better. I mean, he's been he's been with ESPN on and off for the better part of a year or so now. now. at first he started off as like a guest analyst during like the playoffs and stuff like that, but he's getting better and he's like really really owning his voice now. So uh, it's ESPN is lucky to have him, I think. And it's great for Celtics fans that can't get enough of uh, him. Just
0: to take a small tangent real quick. ESPN has, has really surprised me. At first, at first I was really upset about all the layoffs that happened. I mean, they killed off some of the favorite podcasts I don't produce, which really made me upset. And then they came back and then they started doing some smart things like hiring Jonathan Gavoni and stealing Woj and, you know, taking on people like Paul Pierce. They're, they're making some, some really big Recovery moves in my mind that are making up for a lot of the talent they let go a few months ago.
1: Yeah, I mean the Wolf signing was probably the biggest signing of the offseason. Don't discount the Valley. Wolf signing, though. That the whole Express
0: site is becoming, you know, the whole team is joining ESPN. So basically, the number one resource on college basketball, particularly for people who follow the NBA more or only, is now part of ESPN. So that that's a huge coup in my opinion, almost as big.
1: No, absolutely, absolutely. Not that it makes up for the huge layoffs, no, but uh, it's but you know, it's TV nice to see is some everybody over really. Yeah, yes, it is. But yeah, it's nice to see some really respected uh, players in the NBA landscape, like Woes. On ESPN. Well,
0: speaking of former Boston Celtics, Stephen Marbury is still playing basketball in China. <sighs> Okay. Here.
1: Yeah. Uh, uh, going to be 41. How old is he? God, I want—is he still making a star, Yes, Starberry he He actually
0: had a podcast. I forget who with. Pretty recently, I want to say it was. No, you know, I can't even remember. I don't want. To, I don't want to give the wrong person credit for it. But he had—he had a pretty good interview where he talked about how he was looking at things in not only a, a non-Lavar ball kind of a way with big baller brand. But kind of, you know, in the same the same vein as as Shaq's approach to sneakers, in that he wanted to make them affordable, but the whole Starberry outfit also makes their this is his business imprint for those of you who are not aware. They make their their resources in terms of production equipment and expertise available to other athletes and entrepreneurs who want to get into the game, but you know, doing it on your own is basically an impossible task as as the bar ball seems to be finding out world's smallest fiddle playing the saddest song in case you can hear it
1: <laughs> yeah I, I I hear it so
0: hear it. yeah Stephen Marbury's still doing his thing out there he is probably really you know kind of just doing the Chinese version of a Vin Baker excuse me a Vin Baker
1: I, think it's, a good thing. I think it's a good thing I think it's a good thing I'm surprised I, I don't know how he's still playing but I, I I respect what Vince he's Carter.
0: Talking. Excuse me. Why did I say Vin Baker?
1: I don't know why you said Vin Baker, really. I was trying to figure out where you were going with that. He was but a I was like, Celtic, hey, you just... know. Thanks
0: for for giving me some credit, but uh, not the guy I was trying <laughs> to talk about.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, again, on a totally unrelated note, I, I I keep thinking about Troy Murphy, and I don't know how many Celtics fans out there remember Troy Murphy. From, like, maybe, I think he was on the team in 2012 or something. He makes a bill, but I'll be honest, I I, I can't remember anything about him. Yeah, neither can I. I remember his haircut, but that's pretty much it. But anyway, we should move on before I go on a Troy- I mean, don't let
0: me stop you.
1: (laughs) I'm going to stop myself.
0: So, Jason Tatum, better out for rookie of the year.
1: I've heard of that guy. I... uh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I honestly think that nobody has a chance outside of Lonzo Ball because the spotlight is going to be on him all of the time, which will probably sway voters in one way or another. So you don't another. think Raquel Fultz is going to get it? I doubt it. I doubt it. I mean, have you seen... People are attributing Summer League success to Lonzo I mean, he Lonzo didn't appear Ball. in almost
0: half of their games.
1: But people are still still attributing the success I mean, of, Lon- no. of Lonzo Ball. Los Angeles you know, I'm, I'm already falling victims. The Los Angeles Alonzos, yeah. Um yeah, I, I think it's 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 his it's his So you award. think there's
0: very little chance that Tatum has any shot at Rookie of the Year?
1: He's yeah, not gonna get I the think minutes. You're right. And I think that's that's like where this conversation starts and it ends. Lonzo is gonna play as much as he wants to.
0: Well who do you think is gonna play so- more next year? Jalen Brown
1: or Jason Tatum? I think they'll probably end up playing the same amount of minutes because I have a feeling they'll be on the court together. Yeah, most
0: I, of I time. hear people saying that Jalen's going to play like way more minutes, and I think that they're right in the beginning part of the year while while Tatum is learning his defensive assignments and just learning to play at an NBA level of of defense in general. But I do think that yeah. probably around midway of the season, very similar to the way that that Jalen manage to up his minutes once he once he earns the trust on the defensive end, which I think is going to be a little bit harder for Tatum than it was for Jalen, just because, you know, Jalen came into it with a fully formed NBA body, more or less. It's going to be a little harder for Jalen, but in, in terms of, like, learning where he's supposed to be, so he's being beat more on strength or speed than necessarily stupidity, I think they're, they're, the numbers are going to even out pretty quickly, and they're going to be going from something like 20 to 30 minutes a game for Jalen, depending on how he does at the gate, to like five or ten the first couple of weeks of the season, gradually creeping up a couple of minutes a week.
1: That sounds about right. Either way, I'm super excited to see this kid develop. But I I do think that him and, and Jalen should... Just, like I said, just kind of be on the court. Obviously, Jalen will probably...
0: I mean, in um, terms of talent, they're going to be basically the anchor of the second unit in Tate, I'm assuming, at least offensively, probably not defensively. And Jalen is going to vacillate. I think he's going to be a borderline starter, kind of like Marcus Smart was most of last season. This season, but has the possibility to really cement himself if he can guard... Smaller guys next to Isaiah Thomas. If he can do that, then he'll he'll earn himself a starting
1: position really quickly. No, absolutely, and it will be well deserved. I think. Did you see
0: him, Jalen Brown? That is, do the drive-by dunk thing.
1: I, I did, and I thought it was great. I just can't tell, and I'm gonna be the buzzkill right now. I just can't tell if it's real I mean, or fake.
0: But did he know those people? That's the thing. <laughs> it looked like to me, and I still don't think this makes it any less cool. I I, I feel like he talked to them.
1: Before, me. I think so too. Because the Anthony Davis one was definitely fake. That was definitely yeah. promo for Red Bull. Because he even put, what was it? Hashtag it gives you wings, and he took a really weird sip from the Red Bull before he jumped out of the car. But the Jalen Brown one, I don't know. But like you said, yeah, the, the, that dunk was yeah. pretty nice. Yeah, I, I mean, give it a yeah, ten out of ten. Sure was for not sure. the
0: way I would picture. I mean, sure, maybe they didn't recognize him, but I don't know. It just it seemed a little bit too perfect, if that makes any
1: sense. No, it makes it makes plenty of sense. I think I, I probably would recognize Jalen Brown if he dunked on my outdoor food. I was
0: going to say, or, I mean, if you want a podcast about to the Celtics, I, I would really hope so. Yeah, I guess in the but, middle of like suburban Atlanta, <laughs> I think if I remember. No, right. he, was he, was in in the, he was definitely
1: okay. in California. But it
0: wasn't Boston anyway, so
1: no, definitely I did, I did not he was Boston. back
0: home. But perhaps
1: not. No. no, I mean it looked like it, uh, like California to me. Blue blue street signs, nice trees and stuff, or hedges look like it. look look like.
0: It. Well, we've only got one more piece of news before we sign off. No more home.
1: So I think it's probably the most important news.
0: Did you catch that? Go ahead. No more home and away jerseys. What? Have you heard about this? Hmm. I did. I did.
1: Nah. I mean, they, they
0: haven't really had home and away jerseys for several years now. At this point, they just, like, throw on all these different stuff, like the Park it Pride, and it's just an attempt to sell more jerseys. They just signed a new deal with Nike. They've been the sole provider since 2015 for NBA jerseys. And this just gives them new, instead of, instead of home and away and alternates, they just have four jerseys, too light, too dark. The home team picks what jersey they're going to be wearing and the away team has to pick one of their opposing colors, light or dark, whatever, whatever the case may be.
1: I think that's fine. I mean, the Nike still hasn't unveiled the new jersey design. I think I thought they thought they did. Maybe I'm wrong about that. No, they they just did, they showed like yeah, some mock was. Okay, yeah, designs. Yeah, but, yeah, but I think them,
0: not released I don't think yet.
1: every team is. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's at, maybe in a few weeks that they're being unveiled. But no, I, could I think be you're wrong right, about because the graphic
0: that I saw was, yeah. was really just like kind of showing the basic mock up of how it was going to work and what they were going to look like and as throughout throughout the league not necessarily with a particular team so i think you are on that
1: yeah yeah hmm. curious to see what it looks like but i don't think i don't think it'll really to be honest as as long as we win 60 games this season i don't i don't really know of how much attention i'm going to be paying well, to the jersey well it being
0: Almost August, and us spending more than 30 seconds talking about the teams that are not the Celtics and the clothes that they wear is a really good sign that we are neck deep in the doldrums. We're going to try and make things interesting for the next several weeks until we get closer to training camp and stuff starts heating up again. But apart from a couple of games, like over in Africa for Africa game and the global games and all that kind of stuff that that takes place later in the summer. There's not really a lot of stuff going on right now, but we're going to try to keep you guys engaged because we know there's, you know, an undying need to hear about basketball among the people who are probably listening to this podcast at this point in time. So to that end, please help us out so we can help keeping the, the content coming to you. Check out the links the type of CelticsLife.com. You've got a huge variety of shirts and hoodies, as I'm sure most of our listeners know, but definitely check them out. If you're new to the show or you just haven't listened this far into the podcast before shame on you. they the, the hoodies and t-shirts that we have. You can't get them anywhere else. So they'll be unique. None of your friends will have them unless they are also Celtics life fans and they should be. You can't get tickets right now to the next game under the heading tickets. But once the season starts up again, we'll have that up and up and running for you. And you can find the pod on blog, talk radio, iTunes, Stitcher, and pretty much any podcatcher apps. Please subscribe. You won't miss any episodes, even in the middle of the doldrums. And if you like what you hear, please give us a five star rating, preferably with what you like about the show, just so it doesn't look like we went out, spent a bunch of money on, people doing that for us there are people out there who do that we don't do that You know, we don't have the most extensive list of ratings of all the podcasts out there but they're real ratings so you can trust them and if you don't like something and you have a suggestion let us know you can comment on a Celtics Life article you can jump on Twitter and use the hashtag CLpod C-L-P-O-D and we'll find it we're always trying to bring you the Celtics coverage that you want the way that you like it. I don't have anything else.
1: You? Everybody's on you watch. Kyrie Watch right now. You just gonna Kyrie Watch. We'll see what happens. I'm excited. I think I think that'll be the first shoe to drop before Celtics mm-hmm. life. Celtics life. Before mm-hmm. Celtics fans are just rubbing their hands together, saying, "Here we come, Golden State." And I think we match up against them way I think so better too. than people.
0: I'm pretty excited to see what happens. You know, it's not a it's not it's not that often you get to the doorstep of August and there's still stuff to talk about. So I'm pretty psyched to be keeping an eye on it. Apologies to those of you who don't wanna see stuff about Cleveland on the site or on the podcast, but it's really important to us, you know, and, and the only goal that really matters in Boston, which is a banner
1: 18. Well, I guess so that's a good
0: place as any to, to sign off, so Until next time, take care, y'all.
1: See y'all.